Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to the British English Podcast, the show that helps you better understand British culture and British English at the same time. Currently, I am recording this in an Airbnb in Bath, and it is my honeymoon. No, it's not. It's my mini-moon. What is the difference between a honeymoon and a mini-moon? Well, I have my wife <laughs> right next to me to explain all the intricate details around wedding culture in the UK because we have just got married. Yay! Yay! <laughs> How does it feel looking at me with a ring on my finger as your husband? I love it. I think, yeah, your ring is the only thing making it feel truly real. Yeah, it's very it, nice. It's a constant reminder. Yeah, isn't it? definitely. I don't know if I introduced you, Stacy. Oh, yeah. Hi. You're, but you're now just my wife. You don't have a name. <laughs> hmm. Not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> oh gosh. So we've had quite the adventure for the last week. I'd say it's yeah. been pretty full on. It has been a roller coaster. And you hadn't had much sleep up until the mini moon. No. To answer the question that I suggested that we would be answering, what is the difference between a mini moon and a honeymoon? What are they? I think the honeymoon is usually a holiday or a trip that happens directly after the wedding, or that's how it used to be back in the day. But typically now people go on their honeymoon a little bit later. For us, we need time to plan it. <laughs> yeah. We've decided to do this very trendy idea of a mini moon, which is just a small little getaway. So just two nights in Bath. Yes. So we're not flying anywhere extravagant in our opinion, but just having a, a couple of nights to sort of recalibrate and yeah. relax and yeah. get some needed and necessary sleep. Amen. Yes. We had our wedding, what, four days ago, is it now? Before you begin, I'd like to let you know that we now have an official app released for the British English podcast. You can now listen to this podcast on the new app and get all of the learning resources along with it. And for those of you who are just listening on your favourite podcast app, then I've got a present for you. Download the app, sign up to the course called Free Podcast Worksheets and you will find every single episode available for you to listen to along with the free worksheet for that episode. A huge resource right there waiting for you to enjoy. So go download it right now at your app store, either by typing in BEP, BEP, or the British English Podcast. Links are also in the show notes. Enjoy this episode. What day is it? It's a Wednesday. It happened on Saturday. Yes. So, f yeah, four, five. <laughs> Can I count backwards? <laughs> We're still feeling pretty hazy. Hazy, yeah, yeah, brain fog. But yeah, I wanted to take this moment whilst everything is fresh in our minds to go over the the day 
to give you a better understanding of the traditions that we may have done and the ones that we may have excluded Mm. to help you better understand the norms of Brits around this kind of day. Let's go a little bit before the day just to complete the whole experience for the listener. Did you have any pre-wedding ceremonies or rituals, Stacey? Oh, just at me. Just you. You were there too. Oh, yes. Did we have (laughs) any pre-wedding ceremonies? We didn't really. And I'm not sure... I'm pretty confident in saying that in British culture, we don't really have any. I've just thought of one, actually. Oh. Your brother is getting mm-hmm. married in a Catholic church. Oh, that's It's not true. really a, a ritual, but they do have to attend. Yeah, the church six times. What's the umbrella word for that? Priesthood? No. No. You know, the... Cause it's not, I know, but I don't, yeah. I won't get it. No. <laughs> I know I won't get it, Charlie. <laughs> this brain fog ain't moving. <laughs> okay. So they have to attend six times. Yes. To be able to actually get officially married in that church. Yes. yes. Yeah. Maybe because we didn't get married in a church. We avoided the pre-wedding rituals, but yeah, I guess I hadn't thought in British culture, we have those type of things. So I know in a lot of like Asian cultures, they have the tea ceremony. Before the what ceremony? Tea ceremony. Oh. Where they wear red, I think. I believe it's in Chinese culture. Don't come at me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Don't come at me. I like that. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, they have a, a tea ceremony with their family. Okay. So we have no tea ceremony. No. I would like that. I love tea. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> we should probably say there's the Catholic one, there's Church of England, and then there's civil ceremony, and then there's the holistic one, right? Humanist. Humanist. Sorry, humanist. I don't even know the wedding that we had. Yeah. Okay, so we didn't have any pre-wedding ceremonies as such, but we should probably explain that on the Thursday we did something before. What was that? Yeah, we legally got married on the Thursday. Yes, and why did we do that? Why did we not do it on the Saturday? Because the venue we chose for the Saturday doesn't have the legal capabilities to officially marry us. So it doesn't have the license, which is quite an English thing, I think. I know in the US and Australia, you can get married wherever. You're not refined to certain official buildings. Whereas in the UK, you are refined to these official marital buildings and we weren't at one of those so we had to go to the and we we personally like the aesthetic of the outside of the venue that we were at yeah and you can't really find that in places that are legally allowing you to get married you can i guess but those venues are very expensive ah yes we did it on a budget we did it was still ridiculous (laughs) okay so we got married legally on the thursday and we originally planned for that to just be literally going to a town hall and signing something and then just not making a big deal of it at all and then it transpired that we actually had to have a couple of people with us to witness it and then that kind of escalated we couldn't choose who those two people were and before we knew it 20 of our family members were standing outside the town hall throwing (laughs) confetti at us with a professional photographer snapping away yeah it did we got excited I got excited and it definitely became a little bit more of a thing than we had originally planned but I do not regret it it was a lovely day and that was just our really tight-knit immediate family just parents siblings and our nieces and nephews and that was it and that was really nice because we didn't actually spend that much time 
I with those people on the Saturday. So it was really nice to have the Thursday with yeah, them. That's true. It was interesting to experience that day and feel really special. Mm-hmm. And when, when our family members left us in the hotel that we had stayed at, I felt like this really big high. And I mm. thought there's no way that however much more we've spent on the Saturday, I will feel that much more elated by the day. Oh, really? But I have to eat my hat. Oh. I really did. The Saturday was just insane. Oh. It was so, so amazing which we'll get into in a moment but it was impressive the difference yeah because they were both they're um, both lovely lovely, they They were very different but both i'm so glad yeah to all of our family who had to basically take a week off work to come and celebrate with us forever grateful because the whole thing like stretching it out was actually really special and made just allowed us more time to spend with people yeah definitely so going on to the actual traditions of the day could you describe the attire for brides and grooms in our country and then discuss what we wore Mm, okay brides typically wear white and I stuck to that tradition I did wear white grooms I think it's actually still quite traditional in the UK to wear tails and I feel like that's a very British thing I don't see many other cultures wearing so tails is a suit. Yeah, you should yeah, probably I explain should probably... that. You don't just put a long <laughs> tail on your bottom. <laughs> what kind of is that? Quite formal. You look like a penguin. Yes. Or sometimes they can be lighter colours, but they're very traditional suits. They're a bit longer at the back. A lot they, longer. Yeah. And they have a waistcoat underneath. And yeah, they're, they're very formal. You wouldn't ever wear that type of suit to anything other than a wedding, I think. No. Do people wear well, the races? Know. Yes, races, I think yeah, they do. Yeah, I think races and weddings. Horse races we're talking about. Yeah, are the only times people wear those suits. We went a little bit more modern, maybe, and you wore black tie. I wore black tie. It was a black, we set the dress code to be black tie optional. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got that tip from some friends in Australia. Yeah, I think Australia and America both it's quite common to do black tie these days. Yeah. And, and we just copied them. And so the, obviously the groom and the groom's team or party, or groom's, groom's party, groomsmen as well. Yeah. But I had two females on my team. So it's groom's party. They wore dinner jackets and then the females wore black long dresses. Yeah. Are they called cocktail dresses or not no. at all? No. Okay. What is a cocktail dress? Shorter, a bit oh. more bit more like cocktail cocktail okay but my point was going to be that the women guests Mm -hmm. typically wore a very different style of dress to what they would if it was tails right yes i think traditionally if it's not black tie in the uk there's a lot of kind of more floral dresses maybe the slightly older guests would wear kind of like the female guests would wear hats and fascinators fascinators charlie's laughing at me because i'm not the biggest fan of a fascinator a fascinator is like a hat but it's just an accessory that looks like it's floating on top of your head it's like a little hairband with like feathers or floral elements that just stick off and yeah they are fun i think they're quite british though aren't they they? i can't imagine we know that americans don't really wear them do they Mm, i don't think so no and i don't think aussies do either 
and Europeans, I can't imagine. No. Too cool but yeah, I mean, that. if you look at a royal wedding in the UK, yes. there are a lot of hats and fascinators. It is a very traditional thing, I guess. But you actually said on the website, no fascinators. I if tried you, you to said, make if, it. If you bring a fascinator, it will be confiscated on upon arrival. I said the dress code <laughs> is I said the dress code is black tie optional, but really wear whatever makes you feel utterly fabulous. With the exception of fascinators, these will be confiscated at the door. <laughs> and she's being funny. She's not a complete diva. <laughs> Remember that this episode, just like every single other episode on this show, comes with a free worksheet where you get to see some of the best native expressions that come up in this very episode, along with definitions made for you a non-native learner. I've even designed it so that you can play the podcast episode on the same page as the free worksheet. It's super user-friendly, so head over to the BritishEnglishPodcast.com right now and check out the free podcast worksheets or simply click on the link that says free podcast worksheets in the show notes of this episode. Okay, so that was what you wear. Let's mention the faux pas right now of wearing white. Yes, as a female guest, you are not supposed to wear white or even a, even I think colours very close to white, like really pale blue, really pale pink, cream, very light grey, I guess, because you don't want to outshine the bride. Yeah, that's the number one rule. Don't outshine the bride. It was going to be impossible to outshine you, darling. <laughs> you looked fabulous. You really did. But you did have a fascinator on that I did want to take off. Imagine if you did do that. Imagine if you wore one. That would be so funny. You could have worn one going around the corner towards the aisle and then tossed it off and yeah. thrown it in the fascinator bin. Okay, while we're on the aisle. So our, my lot went down the aisle. The guests come, they mm -hmm. sit down, they wait. And then my groomsmen and groomswomen mm -hmm. uh, came down the aisle in hand in hand in pairs. Yeah. And then they stood at the front. Yeah on my side of the wedding. Which is not a super traditional thing. No. Typically the groom's party and the groom don't make an aisle entrance, but Charlie wanted some limelight. I did. I wanted people to look. <laughs> no, I felt like it was a nice um, nod towards my groom's team. Okay. You wanted to um, showcase them. Yeah. Because everyone, some people were in black tie as well. So you couldn't really differentiate between them. So I wanted them standing up there for everyone to see mm. who my nearest and dearest. So then they came and then the little ones. Yeah. Then the, our nieces and nephews were flower girls and page boys. And yeah, we sent them down. They were so cute. I'm sad that I didn't get to properly see them because they went down before me. But you saw them. Pardon the interruption, but I want to let you know about an activity I have created for you to access for free on the BritishEnglishPodcast.com slash freebies. It is a creativity exercise that helps you find ways to learn English whilst being in a state of flow. Being in a state of flow happens when we're totally immersed in an activity to the point where we pay no attention to distractions and time itself 
seems to pass by without any notice. I would say I am in my happy place when I'm in a state of flow because it allows my creativity to flourish. And I want to help you connect your learning experience with feeling this immense level of happiness that is entirely possible when studying. Who'd have thought it? Revising English can open up feelings of pure ecstasy. Don't worry, though, I'm not forcing drugs on you, but I am encouraging you to check out this new exercise I have created that will help you reach a state of flow, I mean flow, when learning English. Find the link in the show notes to thebritishenglishpodcast.com slash freebies. That is spelt F-R-E-E-B-I-E-S. And then click on the creativity exercise and we can all get high on life together. Back to the episode. I did see them, but I was distracted because Luke, the videographer, he put a microphone in my inner pocket and it had some wires. And I was like, oh, that's very smooth. He did it very quickly. And then I had my sunglasses on, so I needed to swap to my glasses because the clouds came. Oh, dear. And so then I went in and it was all caught with the wires. And oh, I was no. Like, oh, no, I can't see. <laughs> and you were coming moments you were moments away from turning the corner so I really wanted to get my glasses on oh I see so I was a little bit distracted okay so you missed the little ones sort of so hopefully there's some photos or videos of them because I would really like to see them I think they were very cute yeah so they're called flower girls and page boys yes and we also had a ring bearer walk down the aisle so he will be held the rings didn't he the whole way yeah Yeah. he came up halfway through the ceremony to give us our rings and then you your bridesmaids came down they looked very pretty that kind of got me emotional yeah not for the wrong reasons (laughs) it just showed to me you got a thing for my bridesmaids (laughs) everyone does I'm sure but I think it just showed to me how you've got such lovely friends who make such an effort I do I'm very lucky and they were there for you in support morally, I yeah. guess. And then Father of the Bride and the Bride came round the corner and you looked really nice. Aww. It made me cry. I tried not to look at you because you I knew you were going to make me cry. And I was very <laughs> determined to not ugly cry my way down an aisle. But yeah, I tried to just not make eye contact with you. But also, as I came around the corner, a big gust of wind blew in our direction. And that's why my dress, I had a slit up the front of my dress and my dress just opened up. Oh, did you see that? Bit? Yes, I did see yeah. that. And my dad made a quite a funny gesture. And basically, as we were walking, tried to like pull my dress back together a little bit and make a bit of an inappropriate face and it was quite funny I think it it got the guests quite relaxed that it was going to be a a relaxed and informal ceremony I I liked that a lot yeah that was lovely that was a big part for us to identify because typically the ceremony is quite stiff yeah isn't it yeah I think although I absolutely love and have been to many church weddings that I have really enjoyed I think they always feel quite formal and yeah a bit more a bit more kind of structured in a way and there's less room for jokes and I don't know more casual moments yeah and the vicar or priest or whoever's taking it doesn't really know the partners Mm, or the family sometimes they do quite well sometimes they're quite oh okay fair enough 
But yeah. But the ones that I've been to, they don't know them that and no. they're just sticking to a script. Yeah. Of that's God. true. Very true. Each to their own. So your father made a lighthearted comment or facial expression, mm-hmm. which made it a bit more of a relaxed tone. And then he came in and then there was a moment where traditionally he would be giving you away to me. And we really didn't want that, did we? No. So we didn't do the sort of handshake. And and not an item to be given. Exactly. <laughs> we did more of like you hugged. And then we hugged. Yeah. And then he hugged my mum because my mum was officiating the ceremony. Yeah. I hugged your mum as well, actually, which oh, yeah. was not planned. But when I got there, I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was all very friendly and loving. Which I loved. It yeah. was so nice that everyone up there, everyone in that whole space really were really people we knew very well. And that was the aim, wasn't it? It was, Yeah. <laughs> So then you're up there and as I said, my mum was officiating, which is definitely not the norm. No. Normally you would have, as we've talked about. A celebrant or a registrar, someone legally. Ordained. Ordained, that's it, yes. Yes. And she was not ordained, but because we had done the signing on the Thursday, we were already legally married. And so we were basically just putting on a show. Yeah, it was all a play. Yeah, it was a big play. Um, But we did do a humanist style ceremony which was really nice yes so a humanist i guess is more just focusing on the love of the relationship yeah and not really about the religious side of yeah the not the religious or the legal side of it but more about the love of the couple and also it's a lot about the family and the community and the people surrounding the relationship i believe and you got this idea from one of your friends hazel Yeah, she did a very similar thing where she got legally married a couple of days before and then did a similar vibe. And she said that spreading it out was amazing. Yeah, she loved it. And I loved it too. And you as a guest loved it the most because it was a friendly, unique approach. It was in their back garden with a marquee, a really cool like circus Circus tent. Yeah. Yeah. And that really struck a chord with you and you wanted to use that to shape our day it did anything to add about the ceremony not really so we had the ring bearer come up halfway through we had katie our american friend who we asked to do do a a reading reading. yeah and she created one herself and we didn't we didn't even check it before because we knew she would be so amazing she blew us away didn't she yeah she was so good that was amazing we had that and we had the rings and we had our vows so typically vows our are read by the celebrant yes and then we repeat them yes which we did do on the thursday we did do that on the thursday yeah and they're fairly universal they're a bit more less personal i would say yeah. like they're still beautiful the ones that we did on thursday were really nice and we got to choose them i think we got an option of three to choose and we chose the one that felt the most like what we believe but it's never going to be truly very personal to us no that was, i did enjoy that though it was quite nice yeah, on the too. thursday it was a very hot room though wasn't it it was yeah. it was very clammy and we were made to hold hands throughout the whole of it and just getting even more slimy yeah (laughs) underneath very warm that's gross you said you even had a bead of sweat go from the top of your neck down to your leg yeah (laughs) lovely 
We will leave it there for part one of today's episode. Thank you very much for listening up to this point. If you did want to listen to part two and part three of this conversation, then you can head over to the BritishEnglishPodcast.com and check out the premium podcast or academy memberships. The premium podcast gives you access to the full conversation along with extended glossaries, transcripts and flashcards. Whereas the academy gives you all of that plus exclusive videos and audios for the season-based episodes explaining the vocabulary, exampling them, giving you quizzes, writing assignments and weekly speaking classes on Zoom. But if you were just here for part one of this conversation, then I thank you very much for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed the show. Do grab that free worksheet by clicking the link in the show notes. My name's Charlie and I will see you next week on the British English Podcast. <laughs>